The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who don't understand English, or your grandmother. Then again, I don't know your grandmother. She may be into this sort of stuff. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to A Hairy Prone Companion, a podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. Every episode of A Hairy Prone Companion is brought to you by the Esquire Bar in Old Town Lansing on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River. One of the top five gay bars in Lansing. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it ranks in the top two. Probably. Yeah, well, it depends on how you classify taboo. Oh, um, bathhouse. Yeah. I, Although I, I haven't been there, so I don't know. I, I have not been there myself. To I me, have, it, I can't count as a bar unless there's booze. And yeah, they don't have a liquor <laughs> license. So yeah, I've heard rumors about taboo. I'm like, found somebody who goes there and I'm like, you need to take me there my first time just so I can get a lay of the land. Yeah, you need a native guide. And it's like, and I would almost feel like I'm needing that myself. It's like, I used to know someone who was, I think, involved with it. Like he worked there. Mm -hmm. And so I would have felt comfortable maybe going there at that time, but I don't think he's there anymore. So yeah. And also, you know, or if I knew people who went, I, I know of people, but I don't know if they know that I know that they go there. So I'm like, hey, I know. <laughs> because, you know, my Google foo is strong. And it's like, oh, oh. Ew. You don't have that much imagination about your screen names. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. So, fun week, interesting week. I did some research about fisting and the history thereof. Because mm -hmm. we were talking about that last time. Mm -hmm. I spoke to one of my friends who is a Latin teacher. And, and part of his Latin 201 course is erotic Roman poetry. Oh, okay. And so I asked him, have you come across any references? He said, that's not my field of specialty, but I can't recall anything either in the poetry or in the pots, mm -hmm. the um, er, Grecian urns. Oh, like a illustration of yes know. i'm like okay so that that struck out i did look up a copy a translation of the original kama sutra mm -hmm. looked through there and there was no reference in there there is a twitter account called whores of yore mm -hmm. which is old porn and yeah. shot them a question have not gotten a response back on that. Checked through their scroll through, didn't see anything like that. So right now, the earliest reference I have been able to find of fisting as sexual practice is Tom of Finland in the 1950s. Now, again, absence of evidence is not yeah. evidence of absence, but... And then it, you almost wonder if, like, 
it was considered was it considered was it considered a guilty pleasure you know right. it's like oh this is a vulgar thing and it's like we shouldn't put it on our urn but oh god i do love it though possibly but, <laughs> but yeah no I, yeah but, but you, you know, think can, there'd be evidence i mean yeah, so many can, other things were recorded yes. they were not shy about showing no, stuff no they weren't and i mean i came across you know several references to extreme anal penetration as ways of coercing a confession but yeah, nothing. Well, I'm thinking of um, you know, also execution, uh, like Edward the Second. Yeah. So uh, it remains an open question. I, I. It's what we need is there needs to be an Oxford English Dictionary version of you know sexual acts. It's like <laughs> when was this first attempted? It's like you know the first but, time yeah. this was done was done in 1953 in a cottage in England. Right. There was something in Wikipedia that. I clicked through on the reference link, but the reference itself was kind of vague, but it claimed that there were two great sexual inventions of, no, sorry, three great sexual inventions of the 20th century. Fisting, phone sex, and fat sex. But that wasn't it was kind of thrown in offhand, okay. so I I would really need to read deeper into the phone that. sex. I can understand because yeah, because there was no then, there phone. Was no phone. Right. Before then, it was just dirty letters back and forth. Yeah, and um, and I would disagree with fat sex because Rubenesque. I know. Yeah. There are times when like having extra weight was very sexy because you weren't a surf in the field working yourself into a thin, lean, tanned body. You were large and pale, and it's like ooh. You have wealth. <laughs> yes. So, right. So, there's that. Okay. So, that was my research for the week. Mm. And then, so, this Saturday, Mike and I did not do the Hearted, same thing. Parted ways. Parted ways. Mine was, I'll do mine first because sure. mine's both somber and also probably much more vanilla than yours, I bet. The somber part was, the first thing I did Saturday was went to a funeral. There's a man who's been involved in the Lansing community, LGBT stuff since the 70s. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah Bill, I read about him. William Beecher, um, involved in so many things. Um, and unexpectedly, he was 70, but unexpectedly died this week. And I went to his funeral Saturday, saw many faces I'd not seen in a while. And many people from the community had turned out. He was involved in so many things, like on many boards, sporting events, if you did anything events LGBT in the area, he was probably there. And I, I have to say, I w we were not friends. I mean, we did not hang out and talk, mm -hmm. but uh, way more than acquaintances. We were associates, and I was sat on boards with him and you know knew him. Mm -hmm. So um, you're just seeing how many lives he touched, and so and he endowed a, a scholarship at MSU for LGBT students. Cool. Um, and yeah, and also was like the father of the newsletter for LAR. Which brings me to, if you're involved in any organization and you are majorly involved in the day-to-day -day functioning of it, write the details down. <laughs> because life is uncertain and it's and it's good to, so people know where all the bodies are buried in case you are no longer part of the organization. Because the scrambling we are doing to get the newsletter going, continue on. It's it, He did so much work for it and you, you don't realize how much... Some people do. He was one of those ones that did a hell of a lot yes. behind the scenes. And we're going to miss him terribly for all he did, but also for all the work he did. And I was like, ouch. So that was the sad, somber part, um, uh, which made me realize 
Gotta embrace life and go to Snow Bunnies in Hell at Esquire Bar. So that did happen. Yes. The Snow Bunnies in Hell is the Grand Rapids Rivermen, which is the leather organization on the west side in Grand Rapids. Tends to go to, like, visit other bars around, Mm -hmm. and they'll hold events and make money and then give it to some local um, organization. In this case, uh, the money from this one was going to Lawn Lansing Area AIDS Network. They had a 50-50 raffle. They had something with Easter eggs because the whole bunnies thing. Uh, they had a guy in a bunny suit selling the 50-50 raffle tickets because you do the $1 for one, $2 for three, $5 they measure from crotch to floor. Boots to balls. Yep. He was very um, very talented at measuring. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun event. Past, they've brought, usually they've brought equipment like a cage that you can have people like locked into. Uh, they talked about doing stockades, but they say people feel too vulnerable and restrained in a stockade, so that didn't fly. But also they've had uh, brought in a St. Andrew's Cross and done flogging demos. Uh, this time, though, they didn't have any equipment. The person kind of, I think they said, in charge of that was not available or something. So they pretty much just did the 50-50 raffle, and it was pretty much a bar night where you had some men in leather vests who were glad to explain what Grand Rapids Rivermen were. I'd say there were about half a dozen of them there. It was a very confusing event because twice it showed up on Facebook as an event and then twice was canceled. Yeah, that that's... And they, they were they were not too sure what had happened. Either the person posting it had removed it or it got removed by Facebook or they just were confused as to why it did not stick. Yeah, so... that, that was weird and that was part of the reason why I decided to go mm-hmm. to mine. So before I get into mine, I'll, anything more you want to... Nope, that was it. Um, okay. It was like a normal bar night. I, you know, help close down the bar. And other than the fact that I think there's, you know, they tend to be a very friendly crowd. And there's a lot of, you know, I think maybe a little bit more groping and people making out in corners than normally. But that was about the only real difference. It wasn't what I would call a, you know, debauched night. But it was, oh, it was pleasant. But it was still very pleasant. And, you know, I felt brave enough to go and talk to them for this podcast saying, hey... And it's like, I'm here to see what's happening and tell me more about yourselves and, and completely failed to mention the podcast to them. <laughs> well, we should endeavor because I've got some interviews lined up. Interviews are actually happening, people. It's not just pie in the sky. There, there's actually going to be other voices on this podcast. What a concept. But yeah, I would like to interview a member of the Rivermen, mm-hmm. and preferably someone in their leadership. And mm-hmm. be like, hey, we're trying our best to run a leather group here in Lansing. You guys have been running the, the Rivermen yeah. there in Grand Rapids. What can you, you, you have some knowledge in this. Also, yeah, I mean, even though the, we're trying to gain the Leather Knights going again in Esquire, I don't know if there's ever been a Lansing leather group, like an actual organization. I'm trying to think. I mean, you have, like, what, Icon in Detroit? Yeah. And then you have the Rivermen in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think if there actually has been. It might just be my failure for history, but has there been a Lansing-based club? Not that I can recall. Okay. You know, because I remember at the Detroit Eagle, they had the flags for a bunch of leather groups, including the Grand Rapids mm-hmm. Rivermen. They had a flag there. Icon had a flag, and then back in the day, there was also Trident and Tribe. There mm-hmm. were, and there is a Leathermen of Color, and I know I've got the name wrong, but there is a Leathermen of Color group in Detroit whose name I'm forgetting at the moment. And then they also had ones from Chicago Hellfire Club mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I don't recall seeing one of a Lansing group. 
And if there's anywhere, you know, they'd probably have a flag there. So you had... I... <laughs> I had more of a debauched time than, than you did, saw, saw more peen. So this was the week of the number six dungeon party, and that was the one I took you to mm-hmm. uh, before, and we discussed on previous podcasts. So let's see here, that would probably be episode five, since right now this episode is nine, so one month ago would be episode five, probably. So this We time- did skip a month, a week. A week, so maybe three. It's it, listeners li- start yeah, episode li- one, work your way up, you'll find it. Start at episode two. Episode one is a little rough. Start at two if you haven't listened to all of them already and work your way forward. So, because you were not available, mm-hmm. I took Veritas down, and he. Veritas is into latex and is an evangelist for latex. He has said, I am trying to convert the entire world to rubber one kinky gay man at a time. And it's so nice when they're willing. (laughs) So he was in a translucent cat suit with one zipper that went from the neck all the way down and around to the tailbone. Okay. Uh, with multiple pulls on it, so you could open up just a little bit here and a little bit there, and then also zippers over the nipples, and then he was wearing latex gloves and boots. So brought him down, and he showed one guy the beauty of different latex hoods, Mm. and then he found somebody else there who was in rubber, in a uh, rubber singlet, and that guy was very new to rubber and was just Veritas's type. And they spent the entire, basically the entire night off in a corner talking and yeah, it it was kind of (laughs) cute. Myself, of course, I'm a butterfly and I'm popular. And so I kind of flitted and floated. Early in the night, there was a couple there who was also new, and one was more kinky than the other. Mm -hmm. The kinkier one got put into the Amsterdam box, which is this vertical bondage uh, that we talked about before. And so we put him in the box, and we lowered the uh, slot so that we could get at his dick, and Mm -hmm. just that bondage got him nice and hard. Mm -hmm. And we started paying attention to it, and it got even harder. So he stayed in there for a while, and then... I and one of the other regulars took his husband and put him on the mesh surgical table and strapped, there are straps for hands, and Mm -hmm. strapped his hands down, blindfolded him, and touched him. And he said that he wasn't really big into kink, but, you know, starting with a little light Mm -hmm. bondage and pleasurable touch, and he was a happy camper. He, he he was a happy boy. Well, I mean, when you say, yeah, when someone says they're not into kink, it's like the definition of kink. You know, what is kink? It's, you know, there's so much. I mean, even right. the most vanilla, you know, proclaimed person probably has certain things that would fall within the realms of kink that they like. Yeah. And one of the things that we touched him with was a Warburg wheel, which mm-hmm. is basically a bunch of needles on a wheel. I always picture like um, spurs, 
you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a horse. Well, yeah. A handle with that little wheel and just sharp, sharp points that, you know, or, um, okay, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, and the original purpose for that is medical. It's to test nerve response. Uh, but, Can you feel this? Can you feel this? Right, so where, you know, when I run it along your, your body, when do you feel mm-hmm. it? And it's sharp so that you know it's when do you feel this wheel of pins finally hitting yeah but it's also fun Mm -hmm. you know intense pinpoint sensation and he was when we let him out and calmed him down he was like what were you (laughs) using on me and where can i get one (laughs) (laughs) yeah yay he liked it we had a convert so at number six dungeon i've gotten a reputation as being a good flogger so I had three guys lined up to have me flock them. There's a workout for you. Yeah. How's the arm feel? Oh, yeah. The, the shoulder is is a little bit sore. I had to warn all of them, look, there are three of you here. I will. I can't go whole hog on all three of you. I will not have an arm. So this is going to... By the, by the nature of things, going to have to be a lighter session. So I flogged them. The third one was actually the host of Detroit Bondage Club. And he brought his own floggers. The dungeon has a few. And they're light. They're on the lighter side. They're deer hide. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yep. So sure. those have less of a sting to them. But he brought his own. One was really heavy and really thuddy. But he also brought a horsehair flogger. Basically an entire horse tail on a, a handle. Okay. And he's like, he said, warm me up with this and then switch over to the more thuddy one. And then when you're done, a little bit more of the, the horsehair. And I'm like, okay. And I did that. And it was, felt very different as a top swinging the horsehair. And then he was very nice. And when you know, my arm gave out before his back did because he's a pig. Let him off the St. Andrew's Cross. We had a hug and he asked, would you like me to return the favor? And I was like, yes, <laughs> please. I I put myself out in these events quite a bit and it's nice to have somebody work you over now and again. And he did the same thing. He started with the horsehair vlogger and I had a weird thought going through my head which was Bob Ross talking about how to blend that it to blend the paint. You just use two hairs and some air mm-hmm. well, more than two hairs on the horsehair flogger, but a lot of air. There was a, you felt a definite breeze mm-hmm. before it hit. And it was a very interesting sensation. It, I can't really call it stingy it, but yeah, kind of rough and yet good for a warm up. And then he brought out the big Thuddy flogger and helped clear out my lungs, which is that's what I want from a flogging session. It, I I want to feel it when I'm getting flogged on my back. I want to feel it on my chest. I want that that full thuddy vibration just going through you. Yeah. So yeah, though that was that night, and then I started to feel myself fading about eleven thirty, and I said, "Yeah, it's time." It's time to start heading home because we've got an hour drive. And we had both reached uh, kind of a stopping point. 
the, the energy of the night was dying down. So we left then. Yeah, I had like a, uh, it, yeah, I was faking energy pretty much the whole night. I just, even going to the bar last night, I just was not feeling it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired and it's been a long day. I really want to do this to see what's going on, but mm-hmm. I'd rather just be on my couch watching TV. So I, when I showed up, I had to kind of, I mean, you can, you can fake the energy. It's like, okay, I will go and talk to strangers and I will. Right. Hang out, but I I was not maybe my bestest self. I you know it was like yeah certain points you just kind of like okay I'm just gonna sit here and just listen to other people talk for a bit and right and it's also much harder to fake energy driving down I ninety six no at night that was my concern that I'm like okay I'm not tired yet but I can feel it creeping up oh mine's mostly yeah. faking social energy ah, you know, okay. like pretending to be an extrovert where. But oh, it sounds like. But how um, how well uh, attended compared this, to like one? This we one were... was really well attended. Okay. What would you say? About we had about a dozen or so when you were there. I think so. Twenty one. Oh, were on the sign up sheet. It made it to the second. I know it didn't make it to the second page uh, when we're, uh, mm-hmm. when we were there, but yeah, made it to the second page, and so yeah, really well attended, and yeah, had, I had lots of fun. Lots of people had lots of fun. So. I'm sorry to miss it, but yeah, like I said, I was also curious about seeing what would happen, you know, at least be able to report on the snow bunnies in hell. This segment of A Hairy Prone Companion is brought to you by Tom's All Night Diner. You know, a triple thick burger with fried mushrooms, cheese, sautéed onions, a pound of fries and an extra large chocolate shake may not fill the yawning void inside you at 3 a.m. But who can say for certain? Tom's All Night Diner. Eat in the dark. Feel better about your life choices. I remember there was one more thing that that I did. Well, I, I did two other things. I did some cock and ball torture both before I had a I'm popular I had another scene Mm -hmm. before I even went down I had a local scene before I went down of a pain pig and then I worked over a guy's cock and balls and so when you you, oh go ahead sorry yeah so this week I want to talk about uh cock and ball torture in our technique section because also when you mentioned uh the Wartenberg wheel uh yeah let the last time I've seen one used was on some guy's crotch, and he was very appreciative. Yes. In general, cock and ball torture is more extreme sensations on the genitals than, than one normally does. And also different, yeah, different and sensations. Di- yeah, different sensations. Mostly, too. you know, with the crotch, it's like pressure and a little bit of friction, and that tends to be what sex is about and gets the, you know, the dick hard and off. But when you do other things to it, you know, more piercing-ish or you know pinching right because you, yeah usually when you're you're you know it's, not, it's usually just a kind of a uniform pressure when you're using your you know dick in a mundane fashion but you know i'm picturing all the cbt stuff and the funny thing is cockball torture called cbt mm-hmm. which is also the initials for cognitive, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy also the initials for children's ballet theater <laughs> there, there's a group in lansing that is the children's ballet theater and they and they used to have, they had a billboard on my way here mm-hmm. for nutcracker 
And it'd be, I know, and it's like CBT. And I'm like, oh God, this is just too perfect. C- CBT performs the Nutcracker. Oh my word! And and and, and the actual their location is actually just around the corner from Spiral, which is around the corner from Esquire. And um, I've known running past there, and it's like, I thought that they knew. Maybe they, someone they, on the they, staff. They know. Uh, I don't know. It's. It's one of those things. I think if they you you don't you don't think there are any gays in ballet, but they might not be into cockball torture. No, but yeah, no. So so yeah. So extreme sensations, different sensations. Yeah. Um, I've seen the like I said the Wartenberg wheel. I've seen used paracord. The one mm-hmm. uh, I think it was called the helicopter, which they take a piece of paracord and wrap it around the cock from. The base to the tip. Yes. And basically then kind of pull it as if you're starting a lawnmower. Yes. Like suddenly, boom, and the cock just goes I, like a helicopter I like blade. to do that on the balls myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's a very intense sensation when done on the balls. I, yeah, I've i used paracord for that. I've used shoelaces. Mm-hmm. I've used um, thin straps of leather. So, yeah, I mean, that's fun. And, I mean, just your hands and mm-hmm. your, your teeth can really do it. Um, well, a lot, too, is um, actually, like, tying off, you know, like, either a cock ring or tying it so that it gets particularly engorged. Yes. Because when it's very, very full or just tightened, that makes incredible, you know, just the slightest sensation on balls that are kind of stretched out and it's like, wow. Or the head of the dick when, you know, there's extra blood in it it's like mm-hmm. any little sensation it really feels it yeah this the stretch and trap is really i'd say the start of any cock and ball torture session is to to get that 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 tie off to to get that yeah the increased blood and i've seen using ties yeah. to actually like tie basically you know from the base of the balls down to you know, you get this little collar that, you know, well, like a ball stretcher. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So ball stretchers are good. So for educational value, I highly recommend if you want to learn more about cock and ball torture and see some guys have just some amazing, powerful screaming orgasms, look up shotgun video. The guy who does his name is Roger. And the running joke is he's just nuts about nuts. And he is a true sadist. In the later videos, he is shown getting off hands-free just from the screams and reactions of the bottom. So he really likes hurting guys nuts. And, you know, what he does varies. You know, sometimes it's stretching, tapping, just, I mean, a very light but sustained tapping. Mm. He likes to use Electro. One lead on either side of the ball sack and slowly turn it up to, you know, a full amp. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll feel that. Uh, <laughs> and crushing. Ha- he has devices that are vice grips with plexiglass sheets on them. So you can see the balls being compressed down. I know that's yeah. particularly, yeah, I mean, that's something you, I need. penises are pretty much just, you know, kind of a spongy, you know, tube and can take a lot of abuse. I know that you have to be very careful with 
anything with the testicles because well, not, I mean, if you're, I think if you're knowledgeable, they can take a lot of abuse, but you know, they can, there's things can go wrong. I think yes, you have to be knowledgeable. yes. I mean, there is too far, right? And I, also in the heat of the moment, the trouble is the bottom. I think it's always up to the top to be aware of what can go wrong and look for the signs. A bottom can just get in that headspace and yes, you know, yes. you're enjoying the pain. And when does the pain go from, this is an extreme sensation I'm liking to, oh, this is damage being done. Right. I think and, there, I, actually, I yeah. think there is a difference. And I think, you know. Yes, yes. I remember reading about one, reading about a cock and ball torture mm-hmm. scene that was just mainly squeezing with the hand. But he said that, you know, he kept squeezing, kept squeezing, kept squeezing. And then he, written from the point of view at the bottom, mm-hmm. he felt something shift. Mm-hmm. And he's just let out a, a massive scream with that shift. Because it, not so much that it was pain, but that, no, this is wrong, mm-hmm. what I'm feeling here. And with that scream, the top, the scene ended right away. And so no no lasting damage. And of course, that, that's not the goal. The goal is to have yeah. an extreme sensation. Things that have been written about. Another way of doing the cock and ball torture is with different chemicals. Like hot sauce or oh. icy hot or menthol. Um, ben Gay. Ben Gay. Um, so, yeah. I, I, ben I, Gay? Well, yeah, for about 20 years now. I have... <laughs> I have a, a family member who would tell me of his uh, exploits as a you know in, on the football team, and that was one of the, the favorite things to do to get someone was to just take Ben Gay and smear it on the inside of the jock strap when someone had left their jock strap unattended, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. The guy that I was playing with before I went down to mm-hmm. number six dungeon, he liked pain in the cock and balls, but also he liked pain in in the asshole, mm-hmm. which, you know, a little different, a little extreme, but everybody gets turned on by something different. So, because I know how to fist and how to do it without pain, I also know how to do it with pain, and I I gave his whole a, a good working over, and then I actually, because he had expressed interest in this, in, in the the chemical and and those extreme sensations i had brought a halls Mm. and i unwrapped the halls gave it a lick and then inserted it anally and followed it up with some fingers and got it in there deep and he said that that was a really interesting sensation that he could feel it spreading out and then it hit his bloodstream and, and he could taste the eucalyptus he could feel it in his eyeballs he said he said it was really really weird because i know people have talked about you know like coffee enemas and yes and alcohol enemas you know because there's lots of blood and it it yeah i mean i mean there's yeah the you know it's a it it goes both ways i mean you know the uh i think the intestine is designed to like you know draw yeah, I mean, the, the large intestine is designed to draw moisture out of whatever you put in there. So you conserve, you know, it's like, hey, we need a lot of water for this process. We want to reclaim some of it, and so it's just not being wasted. Right, right. So, yeah, I generally do not, yeah, don't pour vodka up your ass, kids. I've, I've done a beer enema before, mm-hmm. um, and 
uh, as the top. It was messy and farty and oh, because yeah, the carbonation. Yeah, yeah the the carbonation and the yeast. Oh. Yeah, I, he he wasn't feeling too hot. You know, he he felt the buzz from one beer rather quickly, and then yeah, he was feeling itchy for a while after that. So. Yeah, no, I I could see not beer, but not, or no, I think car, yeah, nothing carbonated, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I mean, so coffee uh, or or the vodka, you know, as long as you you know, oof. the small, you know, like, you have to watch out because you know you don't you know you're absorbing the alcohol from you know you can't just use a liter of vodka because oh my god it's it, it's like drinking a, a liter of vodka right I, I wonder I wonder you know do you absorb it all. You know, what's what's the efficiency? Is it... Uh, it efficient enough that I wouldn't recommend it. Plus, I mean, you know, spirit level concentrations can do damage to cells. Oh, I'm not thinking yeah. pure. I mean, I think definitely uh, mixed drinks. Oh. I mean, he, you, you, you want to take a cocktail up the ass, not <laughs> a screwdriver. A, what? Harvey Wallbanger. Hey, you want, oh. how many names of drinks are actually derived from the fact that they're applied? In Sex the ass? on the beach, blowjob. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So, when I showed up, he's like, hey, I found this tube of generic Icy Hot. Mm. And I I want you to use it on me. So, I squeezed out basically a pea-sized dab Mm -hmm. of Icy Hot. And I spread about half of it on his anus and then just continued the line down to his ball sack. And in about 15 seconds, he was like, nope, I'm getting in the shower. Like this, this this burns in a bad way. So I'm wondering what would be a like. I wonder if um, well, uh, da, 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 like wet naps or alcohol wipes. I'm wondering if that would. Oh, uh, well, I would, uh, alcohol's tricky because a it right. would get it wipe it off well, but also I think it makes things a bit more the skin a bit more permeable, and sometimes a bit more of the chemicals get introduced through the skin when like you know you use alcohol to yeah. like rinse no. it off yeah he, he hopped in the shower yep. at where he has a bottle of dawn okay and mm-hmm. you used that to just... yeah cut the grease and get you know the salve yes. off and yes get it away yeah but yeah no well you talking about icy hot um ice you know i think yes. horrible things you can do with an ice cube you know, oh yeah like... yeah i mean i love you know Especially at the bar, mm-hmm. where you've got ice cubes handy. I remember at the Eagle, you know, guy was blindfolded, you know, other guy had locked his arms mm-hmm. behind him, and just gently rubbing his nipples with an ice cube. And yeah, so ice cubes are fun. Um, I don't fire, not so much. Uh, hot wax mm-hmm. makes for a pretty scene. Advice on doing wax. Number one, do not use a beeswax candle. Beeswax melts at a much higher temperature than other candles. Other things that cause the melting point to rise are color and scent. Hmm. So you want to stick with white candles. I think ideally, I mean, I think... a, a sensible top will try it out on themselves first. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, how bad will this be? You do it on your arm or someplace where, you know, you'll find, you know, 
yeah. How much how much damage or could right? It it it's hot. It's intense, but it it does cool rather quickly, and you can control how intense it is. It's very different tipping the candle right above the balls mm-hmm. as opposed to doing it two inches up or oh. four inches or six inches and giving the wax that time to cool before it hits. I've done a, I've done that once and it was intense and enjoyable in the moment, but at the inadvertent ball waxing mm-hmm. and hair removal oh. not nearly as fun because well, i wasn't a, in headspace at that time well, the other thing i'm thinking of yeah it's like you you know hair just gonna it's gonna get messy and kind of in the way it's like you know that's the thing but crotches and you know are hairy so unless someone's completely shaved it's like yeah there's gonna be you know i can see wax play being kind of yeah painful in a couple ways <laughs> yeah so one other technique couple of other cock and ball things that uh, there's of course the wheel and you know just pinching right on the the g-string mm-hmm. on on the dick or that ridge of the dickhead pinching there okay is fun just a little tiny um those little tiny uh da, 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 um clothespins little plastic mm-hmm. clothespins you can buy clothespins a huge yeah. bag of i mean the ones that just measure like an inch yeah, I've, I've seen... And, and those are really nasty. The smaller the clothespins are, the more nasty they are. And what's the one where you run the um, a string through them, and then you, you, so you oh, yeah, zipper, zipper yeah. pull them? Yeah. Yeah, you run a string through... And then what, you like knot it on either side to, to keep the... Or is it just the string enough? You would need at least one knot. Okay. You, you'd need one knot on the far end, because otherwise when you pull, you just end up pulling it through... Yeah. The, oh, the okay. Actually, yeah, I'm picturing it because um, I was thinking of like a, actually tying pearls where you're supposed to really kind of not before and after each pearl. So if the string ever breaks, they don't all fall off. Right. But um, in this case, no. It's yeah, I mean, te- yeah, technically you can do that, but that, that's, too much work. Yeah, that's a bit of overkill. Trust okay. me, as someone who's made a, that sounds way dirtier than it should be, made a pearl necklace, but I mean a real pearl necklace. Oh, real pearl necklace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass tying those knots. <laughs> you need tweezers. It's yeah. You know, oh, now we're getting into crafting. But okay, go ahead. Uh, well, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll come back with the other way to make a pearl. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah. and something you mentioned before. Um, yeah, uh, how you have to edit out my pops and clicks. I'm, I'm yeah, my joints are not a happy collection of assemblages, and uh, yeah. So when I move, things tend to click and pop. And so I'm sitting here trying not to move. <laughs> and like every time I was like, no, it doesn't take much for the wrist to go. And the funny thing is, I mean, this has been, you know, like I said, I took a ASL, American Sign Language course years ago and um, was probably one of the older ones in the class. And, you know, you're moving your arms, you're doing this. And, and this class is silent because you're not using your voices. And that's when I realized that, yeah, my joints are just a messy cacophony of, you know, well, things. one of the nice things is that a joint click ha- looks a very specific way on the sound visualizer. Okay. So it's very easy. You know, when I hear it, I can zoom in. I'll spot the exact click. <laughs> and I've even been, been able to pull clicks out of the middle of words oh. and and not have the word be corrupt. Okay. Because it, it's a very short and sharp sound. And so I guess it's more of an apology for the extra work you have to go through, not toward our listeners who don't have to hear them because of the work you go through. Yeah. So getting back to balls. Balls. 
I also did some cock and ball torture at number six dungeon. The way I did it was a little different. One of my one of my favorite ways to do it if somebody has nice loose balls mm-hmm. that are hanging, I just beat them off much faster and rougher than they're used to and send their balls jiggling and bouncing and slamming into everything. Basically this is a, a punching bag, a speed bag, you know. Well, yeah, speed bag, but yeah, on on the cock and then yeah, more on the, mm-hmm. the downstroke and intentionally hitting the balls. But yeah, also enough when I pull up that the balls come up up a bit with them and mm-hmm. lots of movement there and they tend to enjoy that. But the the guy I was working on at uh, number six dungeon, he had very tight balls and as he got close to orgasm yeah. they pulled up and i was able to gently insert them into the into the canals mm-hmm. the inguinal canals and then with them inserted there i started working and pounding above his cock okay and he apparently he had never had that done before because mm-hmm. he really reacted when i did that so if, if so, yeah. If you're into that and you've got tight balls that that pull up, give that a try. Well, that's the thing you just mentioned the reactions. I think that's one nice. You know, with CBT, I think you get reactions. Oh yeah. I mean, if someone's into it, they're not going to just be like passively into it while you're doing this stuff. There will be reactions, and that's something that I found out. I'm very reactive to is are the reactions of others. You know, when I find you know, when I find someone who is really, you know, strongly reacts, that turns me on. And, you know, so it's like, ooh, because yeah, you know, I've been with people who just were like very quiet and enjoyed, you know, their dick was hard, they were enjoying it. I afterwards would ask them, you know, did you like this? And it's like, Oh yeah. And like okay, but they said nothing and they were just quiet because, you know, you've been conditioned to be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, jerk off in your, you know, your bunk and not let the people in the room know right so you, but um no it's like be vocal and you know work yourself into that because it helps <laughs> you it, know it does and i mean that's part of what makes the shotgun videos so interesting mm-hmm. is the reaction of the bombs because you know especially in the electro scenes i mean there is no visual component i mean he's got a small lamp on mm-hmm. the electro box but I mean, that's nothing, but the reactions are everything mm-hmm. in there. So, uh, so yeah, as, as tops, we like hearing you when you scream. Yeah. And, and it's a better experience for all because then you know how to figure out basically how to play. You know, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Because if there's no reaction at all, as soon as I get that that first reaction that I'm like, okay, that point is, is way too much. But mm-hmm. if you're reactive in the beginning, I'm able to, I'm getting feedback. I'm able to adjust better and slowly ramp up better. Be good. And then I can break out lines like, God damn it is not a safe word. Fuck is not a safe word. Oh God, I'm coming is not a safe word. Well, and that's <laughs> the other thing too. The, the uh, person who said screamed when something went wrong with the, it's like screaming isn't necessarily a safe word, but I guess if you yeah, it, know it, your it, you know your bottom well enough, you can probably tell the scream of "Oh God, this hurts!" But please keep it up. Versus "Oh God, it hurts!" Oh no! Yeah, you know, the, stop, the, stop, stop, stop. The, the difference between 
no, don't stop, and no, don't stop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, get inventive with your dicks. Try try something extreme. You might like it. And, uh, and I mean, and you might not. I was curious. I'd seen other people really strongly react and had a friend who was, like, knowledgeable in the ways, and he tried some stuff on me. I'm like, okay. No. Yeah, not, I, I, not not liking I, this, not pleasant. Yeah, I can't do it myself as a bottom. I have a definite block due to a medical incident years ago that I'm like, no, 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 no. I will gladly do it to you. I will happily do it to you. And I mean, I enjoy sounds. From a pleasure aspect, I mean, mm-hmm. and sounds can be used in cock and ball torture as well. I mean, you can. Now we're talking about sounding. Yeah, or, so- yeah, sounding with the the metal rods up the dick. And, okay. You know, you go one size too large, and, or you go too rough, and we're mm-hmm. we're into the torture again. You know, I can enjoy sounds as the pleasurable stretch mm-hmm. of them, but yeah, any pain in that area, I shut down. Pain on my tits, yes, please. Yeah, like, See, again, that's where I, I super sensitive nipples, but no, 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 no. It's like light. It, yeah, with, with, too too much of a tweak. It's like ah, no. Oh, I guess I'm not a pain slope. That's the no, thing. It's like well, I. <laughs> no, well, you know, like I said uh, a month ago, I, I kind of got hard when I got my nipples pierced. <laughs> so <laughs> I know there. I know someone got hard when he was getting a tattoo. Yeah, he's into knife and needle play and having his back done it's like okay it's a pretty good thing that you know he, he, i'm facing away from the artist because he's rock artist he's getting his tattoo i'm like oh wow yeah cool. it was a huge tattoo too that took hours so you know i was like oh blue balls oh my goodness oh, yeah all right <laughs> the final segment of a hairy prone companion this week is brought to you by duke's dog food and brewery our brew of the week is India Tail Ale. It's a loyal brew. So, finally... Knitting, crafting... Knitting, knitting crafting, cheating, and looking at the clock. So, I did finish my harness. Yeah. My, my crocheted harness, and I wore it to number six dungeon. Oh, okay. And it... We will chalk this up to a learning experience. So... Prototype. Prototype. It has a lot of stretch to it. And part of that is the fact that I used a double crochet. Mm -hmm. A double crochet stretch more than a single crochet. And part of it is that I used cheap acrylic yarn. Mm -hmm. It was suggested that the next time I do it, that I do it with the... Like the leather strap that has made my beaded keychain. Okay. I've never tried to crochet with hmm. with leather like that. It feels like it would be too stiff to, mm-hmm. to properly crochet. I'm willing to give it a go, especially if I can get a spool of that at a reasonable price. So I'm almost wondering, too, like the, the leather, if you can just find a, a, a weave. You know, do a weave of it. You know, do a strap. Perhaps, and yeah. Some sort of mini loom or something that could, you know, be... Artistic too, but still not as stretchy. Yeah, no, I think you know the thing. Uh, if you had done something that was more wool, again, felting. Yes, you yes. Know? And the question is, yeah, you just have to know. I guess you'd have to ask to uh, make a strap, felt it, and then see how much shrinkage happens. Yeah. So you can figure out the proper width and length. 
Yeah, and plus when I did my measurements and I did my building of it, I did it unstretched. And, okay. But, you know, with crochet, I can pull crochets out. I can I can tighten it up, no problem. Oh. But I'm thinking... Again, thinking, part of the mystery of yeah. crochet that I'll never understand. Well, you will. We will... <laughs> I, I I will teach you. I've I've got half a bottle of of naughty red, and if if you didn't have something to do, we could fit after we've done recording this podcast because you know teaching someone to crochet by audio not that interesting. Um, we've tried. We we've tried. <laughs> uh, where's it going to So so yeah. I mean, I can pull rows out okay. and then reconnect and, and do so rather quickly. But I'm thinking that, you know, this was an experiment, a, a learning. The color is eh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, too. I feel felting would, you know, kind of solidify, you know, kind of dense in the color, you know. Yeah. But, but, but also, I, with felting, I'm wondering, is it, does the felting get denser the more you, you know, were to, you know, felt it up? I yeah. would think so. Yeah, it could be tricky, maybe, you know, knowing yeah, how to do. The other thing that just popped much into my head yet. about felting, which, you know, yeah, I don't have experience with it either, but I know it only works with wool. Mm -hmm. And wool harness, that seems like that would kind of itch. <laughs> but so I am probably going to make another one eventually. I need to finish my Spartan scarf mm -hmm. and get started on. My East Space Tom Baker scarf. Okay. Because I've been talking about that and I, I need to work on that. I think I will make another one. Not in acrylic. A, a better grade of yarn. And that instead of doing it double crochet, that I would do it single crochet, which tends to stretch oh, less. Okay. Yeah. Do, do the harness mm -hmm. again in single crochet instead of double crochet, which stretches less and intentionally stretch when I'm measuring okay. it. And, um, yeah, yeah, because you were on, yeah, something that would kind of, because when you put it on, you know, you want it to be snug and, you know, kind of. Yeah, and I mean, I. a little bit smaller at first, for when you put it on, it stretches out. Right, and I measured it so that the rings would hit above mm -hmm. my nipples, the, the rings were around my nipples by the end of the night. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, interesting experiment. More work is needed. I don't know how much of it is out there because I mean, I've, I've looked at sites for kinky knitting and yarn well, harnesses and that. And... Yeah, I mean, there is the website Yarness, mm -hmm. Y-A-R-N-E-S-S, -S, where he makes, I, I, I'm not sure if it's knit or crocheted, don't know the exact technique, but yeah, he makes harnesses mm -hmm. out of yarn. Also makes hoods. Um, I, he has a pub hood, which is kind of cartoonish and has other other hoods mm -hmm. um, and masks. So yeah. Um, so this could be a field of study that we can yeah, yeah figure I mean, out. How do you do this? Yeah, I, and somebody else that I'd like to interview, but I haven't gotten a response back from him. Did I mention the... Well, if I did, I will edit this part out. <laughs> or, hey, I might mention them twice. So, coming up, I'm going to be interviewing the proprietor of Crochet Empire, 
That sounds new to me, so I don't okay. think you've mentioned it. Though. So he will be attending Claw, and I'm going to be attending Claw, and I'll, I'll be bringing the voice recorder uh, with me. And he makes crocheted kinky jock straps mm-hmm. on. Has an Etsy store, has a website. Is this the one who sent you a picture of a jockstrap? No, this is somebody else. Okay. Um, So, you know, crafting jockstraps, it's not just one person out there. Oh, I'm also picturing some. Yeah, there are some yarns out there that are just so nice. I would want them on my junk. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Nice Angora. uh, Yeah, Angora, cashmere. Yeah. Or if you want a bit more of the CBT, going back to that, the wool. Yeah, the wool. But. He, on the website, he's got several different ones. He's got a bear flag, got a leather pride flag, different patterns and colors, and they look really good, and I'm I'm looking forward and to this is all again, the yeah. crocheting. Yeah, all, all the crocheting. I mean, that someday. But on my front, uh, the knitting, not really knitting yet, but I'm taking steps to gain back to it, because like I said, I was working on a scarf, and the circular needles I had, one just broke off of the holder, like sheared right at the the edge. Ooh. And um, so I took some glue to epoxy it and didn't realize that like the epoxy needed like 24 hours to set up. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more like super glue. And I'm like, oh, how's this going to work? But luckily I had a friend who had a Dremel and we just pinned it. So he drilled a hole into the, you know, the needle itself, into the base, and we clipped off a finishing nail yeah. and shoved that in there. And glued it, and then I used a uh, popsicle stick as a splint. And it's like you do. It says seventy-two hours to cure, and that'll happen tonight. So it's like okay. tonight I will unveil it and see. Oh, is this a functional knitting needle again? And and then I uh, wasn't too smart because some <laughs> some stitches had fallen off, but then I'd caught them on a little like plastic safety pin thing. Okay, and save them. I hadn't bothered to put them back onto the needle. So I'm going to have to shuff off all the stitches from one onto another needle to put those back on. Because it's like, you got the needles, a bunch of stitches, a bunch of stitches, and then the ones that fell off are on something separate. Oh, I see, but maybe when I'm knitting the next row, simply knit it off of those. Right, well, it, it depends on how far they... There is a way with a crochet hook Oh, to... to oh, yeah, to... to to, I don't think pull. I've lost any. I don't think any dropped. I think they just came off the needle, and I caught it in time where there were still the loops. None of the loops had been pulled through. Okay, so Th- then yeah, then you could just knit from from what they're on. From what they're yeah. on, yeah. So for the next row, then it would all be back on the needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have to sit down and count how many stitches I have on the various needles and other things I saved them on to see if I actually did lose any. And if I did, then I'd be like, oh, sticks and strings. Here, help. <laughs> Fix this for me on Wednesday night. <laughs> we recommend Sticks and Strings Wednesday night yarn emergency room. Mm-hmm. They will help you with whatever project you are stuck on or whatever goof you happen to have. Yes. So I'm, yeah, I gotta get that goddamn scarf fi- finished. Yeah. To actually wear it while things are still cold is my goal, so. Yeah, that would be nice. So it's kind of a, a weird bit of magical thinking. It's like, okay, the faster I get the scarf done, then maybe then I'll be happy when things warm up. <laughs> oh, Winter will not end until the scarf is finished. Oh. It'll be like Narnia. Always winter and never Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No. That, no, 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 no not bare thinking. No, yeah, no. Now, now you've got me thinking about the, the theological implications of 
why is there Christmas in Narnia when they're not Christians? Uh, yeah, what do you mean not Christians? Well, have you read them? Well, not Aslan is Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, well, he, he's the son of the emperor from across the. I mean, it's it's just yeah. like whack in your face is like Lewis. I mean, Madeline Engel in the Wrinkle in Time series has lots of, I think, Christian ideals of forgiving your enemies and all that, but it's not wham, 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 the Jesus stick over your head, as Lewis did, which is understandable because Lewis was a theologian and, you know, yeah, very, yep. very Christian. So it makes sense that, you know, Narnia is like the old, you know, propaganda tool for... Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I over, <laughs> overthinking children's literature. Woo! All right. Oh, dear. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, we're good. All right. So, well, you know, we've run out of ideas again. I don't know if we ever run out of ideas. I mean, we could could blather on for hours and often do. (laughs) Well, we've run out of time again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com. Tweet at us. We are at harryproneconf. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License 3.0. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane. Lancing Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and conversion. Good night. Nice. I was gonna say we haven't had the uh, the the tragic thing of oh we recorded and it went away. That no, you, that's a that someday that will happen. <laughs> it it will happen someday, and the day that does, I will break out episode zero. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the one I regularly when I listen to they they yeah that happened. So half the show is this horrible thing, and it's funny because he's a Doctor Who fan, so he plays the cloister bell ringing. <laughs> the fact that there's something has gone wrong <laughs> like i know that reference okay and i introduced several people to the reference tardis butt oh 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 it's, I... it's bigger on the inside <laughs>